Welcome to On Your Terms with Aaron King, a show about living a life you truly love. Here's Aaron. Hello, everyone. Aaron King here, and welcome to On Your Terms. Today's guest is none other than the absolutely fantastic Debbie Fiery. Debbie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, well, I love your power color, obviously. We're on the same page. Beautiful. <laughs> so Debbie is a personality, an entrepreneur, big leader in the EXP Realty family. Um, you have done some podcasting, a lot of nonprofit work, a little bit of everything. So tell us right now in this season, if you were to define success on your terms, What's looking like for you these days? And maybe how has it changed in the last couple of years? Yeah, beautiful. It's definitely evolved. There's definitely been an evolution of myself, my business, my brand. And I think about this a lot. Like, what is my definition of success? Mm-hmm. And um, really, it's, it's happiness. Mm. It's so simple. We complicate things so much. And getting back to a simplified way of moving throughout the day, businesses, what do I want in my life? It's to be happy, like that's the ultimate success. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of ingredients that go into being happy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like time out, doing fun things, having a good time, eating healthy, exercising, but it's happiness. I wanna be happy. Well, you look happy on your Instagram. You're skiing. There's champagne. There's your adorable grandson. I mean, you're going on vacation. So, but we all know that Instagram, which I only knew you from Instagram until this morning, is the highlight reel. Yes. And we only see the best parts of, of our lives. So, so in your journey to chasing down your version of happiness, what do you think is something that people don't always recognize to be true on that journey? Maybe something people either get wrong about you or they don't really see the full picture of what it takes to truly live a life that you feel joyful about? Wow, that is such a great question. It's true, I only post the good stuff. Same. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, and I fully admit it. Um, But for me personally, I have had a lot of struggles. I've had a lot of really hard times like I could tell people stories and they wouldn't believe it like just things that have happened in my life that things that people in my family have gone through like there's been a lot of sadness there's been a lot of struggles um there's just been a lot of things that are part of life and so embracing the fact that we're going to have challenges and things happen that are not going to go our way and just acknowledging that that is part of life and we have to expect that and Mm. then move through it know that it's a normal part of being a human being know that everybody has struggles know that you can handle it and then move on to the next thing like Mm -hmm. i love that word you used about expecting that life is not always going to be Instagram perfection. You know, I think when we think about the perception of what our success journey is going to look like, I think we're better sometimes, me anyway, at visualizing the mission, the goal, the end result, what it's gonna feel like. And just as we plan so strategically for how we're gonna get there, sometimes we don't plan for the reality that on a ride, 
failure is inevitably part of that journey. But why are we always still surprised by it, right? right. We're still like, right. what? The client canceled, the contract fell through, the yes. person didn't show up. It's like, well, duh, that's life. But so how can we be better at managing like the reality of a success journey like yours, balancing that with keeping a positive outlook? and focusing on attracting more of what we want. That's like the balance that I struggle with anyway. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, by expecting that things are going to happen and failure is going to come in, like let's just like celebrate failure. Like hmm. let's put a, a you know paradigm shift on that. Like we have to fail and go through those experiences so that we can learn and be better. And mm -hmm. I think so many times we're afraid to fail. We're afraid to start the new business. We're afraid to launch the new brand. We're afraid of the judgment and things that are going to come in. And we just have to say, you know what? So what? So what if I fail? Um, and I, I love the visualization and like visualizing where I want to go and how I want it to happen. And the key that to expecting or knowing that failure is okay, the thing that's so important about that is when the failure does happen or the contract gets canceled, I think so many times people go down this tunnel of negativity and then they start telling themselves stories right like oh i'm not good enough i never should have done this career what am i doing like and if we just embrace the fact that you know failure is part of success failure might even be one of the most important pieces to success actually mm -hmm. like we have to fail um and just embrace that mm -hmm. well said totally agree as someone who i mean my first two ventures were complete failures i mean one of them, we were featured in Forbes and ended up the entire thing not working out. Another one, I raised seven figures of capital. Again, within 18 months, had to shut the whole thing down. And I look at those failures, the, the, the disasters of my first two companies and the lessons, to your point, that I learned. Like the phoenix that rose from the ashes was finally, like I found my superpower in the failure. And then that, that last company is what blew up and got acquired. But I remember the third time I got back up, everyone was like, maybe you should just kind of call it a day with this entrepreneur thing. Like, no offense. You didn't really seem like you had what it takes. You probably would have done it by now, you know? And it's so funny because it's like, you have to have your truth tellers, but then you also have to have this weird level of ignoring everyone. So it's that, that weird line of like delusional confidence and like realistically chasing down what you know you're meant to do here on this planet. So um, that's one of my big failure stories, but I would love to hear what was one of your big failures in your journey that you just like took that lesson and you're so happy now yeah. that it happened, but at the time maybe it wasn't so joyful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love everything you just said, Erin. I love, I love that so much. And um, congratulations on, Thank your, you. on your company and congratulations on being true to yourself right? And following your North star. Like we have to do that, um, to get to success. So, okay. Which, which failure, which failure? <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, I have so many. It's like shopping in our closet. Oh, like, Ooh, there was I that time that that so fell apart. Exactly. Same girl. <laughs> exactly. I have so many. Um, one of my early, early on lessons was, um, I was getting ready to go to college and I, I had worked all my life and then I was like, okay, time for college, going to go to school. Um, I mean, worked all my life. I've always like had a job, right? right? Since I was eight years old, babysitting, loved making money, that kind of thing. And then when I was going through high school, I was like, oh, do I really want to go to college? Do I really want to 
spend all that time and money. And so I got a grant, I got money for college and I was so excited, but I was also super um, excited about the money. And so I took the money and I was 18 at the time. I took the money that I was supposed to use for school uh -huh. and I bought a cleaning company, a cleaning company that had five accounts that were um, like architect offices. This was in Bellingham, Washington. Um, so like really simple office cleaning. Okay. But the concept was I took this chunk of money, huge chunk of money, bought a cleaning company that was already lined up. So I bought this business and afterwards when I closed on it and I was doing all the work, I was thinking to myself, why did I spend this much money on this company that I could have just started myself? Mm. And then the accounts that were lined up ended up closing and they were like, oh no, we were going to cancel with that original company anyway. So they, so I spent all the money, they closed the accounts and Ugh. I was out the money. And I, that was such a, such a great lesson in, um, and I did so much work. It was like $10,000. And I thought it's a fortune at that age. That's, that's like a million dollars. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I, I thought, you know, I could have just started my own business. I mm. could, you know, I could have gone and got the accounts and started cleaning. And anyway, that that was a big one for me. That's a great story. I love that so much about it. So first thing, I love that you had the entrepreneurial fire where you were like, I can either go learn a bunch of hypothetical case studies. Or just go ahead and walk right into an actual one. And I love the audacity to just roll the dice and be like, I'm doing it. So love that yeah. spirit. And you still have that. So that's served you well throughout your career so far. Um, what I really love about that story is that one of the takeaways is like, you can walk into something that is pre-packaged. That seems that it will be this more frictionless ascent to success. Like almost like, oh, I could skip some of the hard part. And that lesson, just slapping you in the face, number two, two lessons. Number one is it's not always what we think it's going to be. Like we said earlier, the failures that are inevitable, that, that we don't actually always think about. And then the second lesson I love about that is that you literally learned, well, if they built it, I can build it. And why not me? And why not my way? And by the way, I'd be $10,000 richer. Exactly. You know? so I love that story. Thank you. So good. Okay, so tell me, okay, so you had a job when you were eight, you were babysitting, you bought a cleaning company with 10,000, I thought you said you were going to spring break or something, I thought it was something <laughs> way worse than that, but um, what, what has always driven you? Like, were your parents entrepreneurs? Um, you said, like, the money felt good to me. Is your money story one of, like, security that maybe, like, you didn't have, or just the, the thrill of competition, or just because... You're creative and you just like, what's, what's always been kind of your thread that's your gas in the engine? Oh my gosh, you are so good. I love this question. Um, well, when I was growing up, we were really poor. My mom was a single mom and I have three older sisters and she really struggled to put food on the table and she was always working and, um, she, she was amazing, just super strong and super amazing. But I, I remember feeling like, um, I remember feeling like poor mm. and I actually, I vividly, vividly remember this. I was thinking about this the other day. I remember being four years old and being in the grocery store and I've always been very outgoing, but I, I would 
walk around the store and look at everyone and say, today we're getting groceries. Today we're getting groceries. Wow. And like people would look at me and smile and be really friendly and I'd be like, oh mom, this is so fun. We're getting groceries today because we had food stamps. Wow. So I, I always had that, um, that understanding of what money could do, like, mm. you know, feed you, buy clothes. Mm -hmm. And um, I always loved like having my own money mm -hmm. and being able to make my money. Mm -hmm. And my parents weren't entrepreneurial, but I, I just remember thinking from a very young age that like, no, I, I'm going to have money. I'm going to, I'm going to have a lot of money. Like I just, mm -hmm. I wanted to make money. So, yeah. yeah. So, so wow. That's a really powerful story. And it's so funny. I feel like, I don't know if you feel like this, but so many big personalities that do big things at the core of that ambition really is this sense of people like, Oh, what's your why? It's like, because I needed to have my basic needs met because Maslow's hierarchy, because I was excited to grocery shop when I was four years old. And so that type of survival and no other, no plan B, no other option is so indelibly marked in your DNA that that's been your driver, right? Absolutely. So then let's fast forward to, you know, modern day and now, you know, you have this thriving business. You were one of the early agents at EXP, blown it up. Um, you're going through sort of an exciting new evolution of your brand right now with helping women. And um, so what's the 2.0 why? Like, what's the evolved version that has you getting up? And before we hit record, it was funny because you were saying, um, I love getting up and I love setting my intention for the day. My intention for how I want to make everyone feel around me, what I want to bring to the table. So that's sort of a whole new perspective and mindset around chasing your version of success. So so what is it now for you? Like how do you keep leveling up? Yeah, yeah, I love that. I'm really intentional and focused on making the world a better place. Like just like to sum it up, like really that's what I'm all about. I want to show up and do my part be responsible for my energy and how I interact with people, create the ripple effect so that then the next person can feel inspired or motivated to take care of themselves so that then the next person that they come in contact with can do the same. Like I want to change the world in a big way. And the only way I know how to do that is to start with myself because that's what I have a hundred percent control over. And then, and then just share that and, you know, pay it forward, move it forward, create that ripple effect. Like, I really feel like I can change the world in that way. Mm. And that's exciting to me. It is exciting. And, and okay, a couple of things. So first of all, people always say, like, I want to change the world. But what I love about your platform from what I've seen so far is you have some very specific ideas that are very much uh, about doing and not just ideation. So I love that you have some uh, very clear focus around, you know, well, what, what is your focus right now? I, mean, I saw it was a lot around like health, uh, women, empowering women. Yes. Um, is that still kind of your focus right exactly. now? Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Just encouraging women to empower themselves, to throw away any old ideas or anything that's not serving them, and really yeah. just write their own rules. Yeah. Like you say, like, yeah, write, their, your, write them on your own terms. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love what you were saying earlier about, um, like, I heard this one phrase, someone said, like, the best way to change a person is to start by changing yourself. Oh, I love that. And that's what you're saying. And yeah. I love that. I mean, even if 
you know, for me, like in my business, like if my team's driving me nuts or my husband's driving me nuts or, you know, whatever we all have, I always stop before I just do the knee-jerk reaction. I always, I try to stop before the knee-jerk reaction and be like, okay, what part did I play? How can I be better from where I'm responding, right? But I love that accountability of flipping that focus and not being like, why is everyone doing this? And being like, okay, did I set my intention for today? Is my mindset proper? Is my health in line? Could I have prepared better for this? You know, is there something I could have brought to the table that I held back on? Like, how did I not play as big as possible? And I, I just, I love that you're, have that sort of personal accountability. So, so tell me about, with all the things you've, that you've achieved with EXP and with your career, what do you think was one of the biggest decisions you made that was, it was a big decision at the time where you were like, I really don't know what to do here, but you made the choice and it ended up having that ripple effect that you're talking about with either those around you or your personal career or like it became a tipping point for your journey. Was there like a moment where you were like, this is a really hard choice and you didn't know what to do, but then you did it and it panned out really well for you? Yeah. The boxes that you that you mentioned. Um, so back in 2013, I um, left Windermere Real Estate and I had been there for so, so long and selling up a storm in real estate, doing really well. And um, I left to come to EXP. And at the time, EXP was super small, like there, like maybe 200 agents, 200 agents and we now have over 82,000. So, wow. Yeah. And people like in my community and at my company, they were so adamant about me not going to EXP. And I was like, you know what? I'm making a decision for myself. I'm mm. super excited about it. I can feel it in my being that this is the move that I need to make. And everyone, like people would call me and say, Debbie, you can't leave. You can't leave Windermere. And I'm like, who has anyone to call me and tell me what I can or cannot do? Like, mm. why are you not calling me and saying congratulations? Uh -huh. Like, good luck. Like, mm. have a good time. Um, and that move, and I, I just remember like being in that moment and being like, oh my gosh, am I making the right decision? And I'm like, yeah, I am making the right decision. Mm. I'm going to do it. And, and who cares if it's the wrong decision? At least I'm doing something and not sitting there, you know, in the hamster wheel, not making a change. And it turned out to be the best decision of my entire life in, in more ways than 10. It's so true. It's like everyone's reactions to us are just reflections of how what we're doing makes them feel. Yeah. Right? It's yes. like, um, I'm from Maryland originally, and um, in Maryland we steam hard crabs, you know, and there's this whole thing where you're steaming the crabs, and if one crab is trying to climb out of the pot, they'll all claw, they'll all claw to bring the yeah. one guy back down, you know, and it's like, if people want you to be successful until you are, yeah. sometimes, not everybody, like you have your, your, your cheerleaders, your advocates, but... I love that you ignored everyone in the best possible way. And that is like how you live life on your terms, in my opinion. That is truly a success secret. So bravo to you. Thank and congrats you. on all your success. Thank you so much. So this has been amazing. You. you are so dynamic. And I'm just sitting here thinking, wow, I'm so happy I got to meet you and do this with you. Grace Ferguson. It was so great to meet you, too. And we're cheering you on. Thank you again, Debbie. You're fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much for investing your heart, your mind, of course, your time with me here today. 
And it is my deepest hope that you have gleaned at least a few new nuggets on how to better live a life that you love on your terms. You can subscribe to see all of my weekly episodes. And if you have time, you can send a screenshot of your review of the podcast to onyourterms at erinking.com and you'll be sent a free access pass to my Digital Persuasion Masterclass, where you'll learn how to attract attention, increase your influence, and sell smarter from behind the screen. I hope that you'll join me next week for another episode of On Your Terms. And until then, let's connect on Instagram at Mrs.Aaron.King. Till next time, friends.